Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. Welcome, everyone. We have another podcast, very, very special guest, Ben CB, Ben Raleigh, our first ever podcast guest. This was about a year ago, number one. Here we are, 36 podcasts. We have Ben on camera revealed. This is the man, Ben CB, in the flesh. Ben, how's it going? Thank you very much for having me once again. Appreciate the invite, and I'm doing very well. And, awesome. Yeah. I love to hear. Where, where, where are you in the world right now? Yeah, no, I'm in my, I'm in the head headquarter of Raise Your Edge, basically, and I spent last week in our second quarter headquarter in Berlin. That is also serves for our um, gaming team in in Berlin, but also as an office from Raise Your Edge. But today I'm in Vienna here. I love it. All right, well, we have many things to talk about, plus very engaging community Raise Your Edge is. So there's a lot of great questions I already see. So we're gonna take the last bit of that if you guys want to get over to twitter ask a question for ben he'll take a look he's going to answer many of them and there is a, a retweet 55 ticket from party poker giveaway so you have a chance to be entered into that plus pick the man's mind so ben let's talk a little bit about what's happening currently obviously there's some big series going on party just had the 20 million guarantee how, how have you how's it been going the last few months uh, online are you you just kind of put a video out about what's wrong or what we need to look at in online poker. So tell me a little bit about how you've been doing results-wise, everything going well, and then I want to dive into that video right away. Results-wise, I'm totally satisfied with how it's going. I'm studying a lot lately, especially situations or sports where I believe people don't really have a clue how to approach them, blind battle, multi-way, ICM post-slop, three-bit pots out of position where a lot of people struggle. And if you just put in a little off effort, you can gain a massive edge in no time. And I have realized that this is actually, yeah, helps me really well to even gain a much bigger edge over my competitors, even the highest stakes. And I feel so much more confident and also appreciate all the experience that I made playing against the, the best opponents in the world. And the results are good. Of course, losing Sundays are there, but um, so far the last months, I'm only playing Sundays and big series. I haven't been playing the high roller series, so W Coop, S Coop Sundays. That's my main schedule because I'm too much occupied with Razor Edge and Razor Edge Gaming. But apart from that, I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. I'm super happy. That's great. I love to hear that. So tell us a little bit about this video you just put out. I just retweeted. I did watch it. Uh, doing a little podcast prep, 30 minute, 24 minute video, but really informative, entertaining to kind of really address the big things in poker. Could you maybe talk to us a little bit about what that is about or, or what kind of issues you're hoping to bring to light in the poker community that you think are relevant right now? Well, the main issues are, of course, the, the current state of, of poker online and live, which is, for example, guarantees, re-entries, the, the rules or ruling in general, the image of poker in general, how to improve it. Uh, however, the main topic, and I'm not going to get too much into detail because you can watch the video yeah. and we can spend some time uh, for, for different topics, is the as a leaderboard system. I don't understand why in poker we don't have a system or a league or a cup or however you want to call it where you can ident identify the best players in the world, right? Like a ranking system that top 50, top 20, top 100, whatever, are legible to participate in certain tournaments to really show playing the best against the best. We had a similar system or a similar 
event going on with the GPL or GPI. I'm not really sure what's the, what was the proper name. Right. Anyway, it was a, a poorly executed. The idea was good, but it could, could have been done so much better. And I think the community was also not really aware of it or and also the marketing was not great. It needs a third party involved. You need to throw an incentive, additional price money or some sort of rewards, lower rake, whatever it is. So regulars are showing up and also opt in for revealing their caches. I mean, it's everyone's personal choice whether you want to review your caches right you might have 10 million in caches uh but you have 12 million buy-ins and you're technically 2 million down and you was one of the so-called super high rollers and this is what the people want to see they want to see the true heroes and i'm pretty sure that there are lots of crushers out there that nobody has an idea of that actually belong to the top 50 wouldn't it be super thrilling to see lena charles darwin playing against ivy against helmuth new generation versus old generation i think that's what people makes makes them exciting or excited about poker thrilling and we have it in every single sports right where football basketball wherever chess you have a ranking system you want to see competing the best against the best this is what poker is lacking and i think there's so much more potential if we get some 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 something like that a format like this out there where we can see playing the best against the best yeah no i agree with that are you you're familiar with pocket fives i'm sure yes yeah but again it's just counting the caches it's it's worthless Right. The, uh, the, hen, the hen and mob, you can see your caches. There's some cool stats and such, but you're right. That's, that's sort of the argument. I think I've brought this up about the hen and mob, which is also a great site shows you, it tracks your results. It's cool to look back, see where you've been, what goes on, but you're right. It doesn't like a guy who's number five in the world. He might be down 2 million this year playing every 25 K at the Aria. And he's got all these, you know, all these caches, like it does poise a bit of a, a potential issue or problem. And I, I think there's some reason for that, but I, that you would prefer that you would prefer to actually see the overall net plus and minus, right? That's how you, you're saying you think would be yeah, the best. And part. also some, some sort of factor that, that considers the, the time frame because someone that was winning 10 years ago, the winnings from 10 years ago should have a lower impact than someone, let's say winning the last two, 12 months. So someone that made, 1 million within the last 12 months should have a higher significant impact on the overall result or the overall ranking than, let's say, someone that made 1 million one year ago, uh, 10 years ago. So the profits that have been generated in a shorter period amount of time, or not shorter period amount of time, but rather, you know, shorter back and few past, like six months, 12 months, should have a higher impact on the ranking. So there needs to be some sort of um, factor that wagers in or um, whatever it is, but essentially everything that is more up to date should have a higher impact on, on the ranking. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I do think the hen and mob does a pretty good job with that, but maybe there would be a way, you know, it's almost too bad. It, it seems like 2020, the start of a new decade, um, would be kind of cool. Like to start like in 2020, that these results would be aggregated and you could actually keep track. Right. Or you could opt in because maybe some people don't want to be, they don't want to, you know, they just want to be, they don't want to show that or, you know, like some of the guys go to Vegas, like, hey, honey, look, I scored in the tournament, but, you know, they don't want to show their actual results and, and they're embarrassed about it. But, yeah, I think there, if there's a way to opt in and you could show your total win loss and, and that that would be a way you're considered. If not, you're not in the running for the for the, exactly. for the, then for the thing, but you can just you don't have to you can still participate in all the tournaments worldwide. Right. And. I want to touch on from your video as well. Very interesting stat. I don't know how many engagements you had, but I know you guys have a very strong social media channel. Uh, the the question you posed was, would you rather see six or eight of the top 
players in the world compete for $100,000 to first online? Or would you rather see... No, it's not online. It's just whatever format. It can be online, can be live, but just... Okay. You know, see well, the, realistically, the best competing. realistically, it's going to happen online. Like, it's hard to get that, I think. Uh, yeah, but, but to, either way, right? Yeah, online or live to see eight unknowns. Okay. Or online, right. Use like true, I guess online and a big the, the tournament, there's unknowns that make the final table, of course. So yeah. Would you rather see the, a less prize pool with the crushers or would you rather see a larger prize pool with unknowns? And it was overwhelming. I think 84% of your, the people who voted said they would rather see the best players in the world compete. So, I mean, I think that's a really good indication of your, of your point. Is, is that correct? The, uh, the, the, the question? Yeah, basically, people don't care so much about money. And I think that's what is has gotten too much the main focus that trying to, um, yeah, increase the, 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 the buy-ins, you know, 25Ks, 50Ks, 100Ks, 1 million buy. And then they think that attracts more viewers, but actually it doesn't. If you compare it to similar events, esports or any kind of traditional sport, you see that way lower buy-ins attract way more viewers. So, there is there is a correlation, and I think the correlation comes from that you want to see playing the best against the best. Of course, here and there, you know, there you have this um, beautiful story of a recreational amateur amateur player um, picking something big. But I think in general, people want to see playing the best. And yeah. this vote, I think thousands of votes have shown that more than 80, 85 percent want to see playing the best against each other, each other, even though it's only one hundred thousand for first. And the second option was playing, I think, eight players, and they're like only two regulars for like eight hundred thousand for first. And people opted for option eight, option one. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, I think it's something like the million pound or the hundred k. Though there's part of that where it's hard to get that data to understand because a lot of the time in those type of fields you are going to see, you know, a million pound or the, the the Triton event, right? It's like the best players in the world, maybe one or two amateurs, but you still do get a lot of like the, the stars or, or knowns in there, but I, I love that. I love where your head's at. I think it makes a lot of sense. Very interesting, very interesting debate. Again, guys, Razor Edge has uh, a very elaborate video library from podcasts to, uh, you know, training videos, coaching and these type of videos. So check that out. That's Ben's latest video. Um, let's talk a little bit about upcoming uh, end of the year. Are you going to be, do you, do you have any plans for live poker? I know you played a little bit of live this year. Are you going to be mostly online? And and what about 2020? Do you have uh, any, any goals in particular coming up? Talk to us about upcoming plans. Um, upcoming plans aren't really existing for live poker. Uh, we have an eye on Las Vegas for next year, of course. Um, mostly plans for another bootcamp, which was a huge success in Barcelona. So we're definitely going to plan at least one more bootcamp next year. And for live poker, yeah, as I said, um, probably eventually Las Vegas. And apart from that, I have to plan for months to months because when you run a business like Razor Edge, um, it's, it's not that it's necessarily always super busy, but unexpected things can come up every single day. Right. And, so I really need to make sure that everything is properly planned ahead. So if I say, okay, I'm going to be gone for two, three weeks, grinding somewhere or taking vacation, I need to start planning ahead one month prior and yeah, get things in order and structured and delegate everything properly to make sure it, it keeps running and the content is planned. So it is always a bit of a bigger commitment. So not that easy. For sure. Well, I, I do want to ask you now, When? how long have you officially had raise your edge when you open the door started doing the memberships courses and that how long has it been now i would say 2015 
uh, officially officially incorporated the company was November 2014, and I think the first co co course was launched in uh, early 2015. Yeah, talk talk to me a little bit about how this has developed, and and did you ever imagine? Because at the time there was you know r- there's Run at Once or some other courses competitors or people that have, were doing stuff. I think your content's unique, how you break it down, and and the quality of it. You know, obviously that's one I've aligned with. There's a lot of courses out there, and this is the one I've chosen. Been very happy with working with you and and learning the program what what would you say looking now how has your experience been um overall like is this everything you imagined did you ever think it could grow this big to have this huge community was this kind of what you knew was possible at the beginning or has this surprised you with the success of raise your edge i mean looking back i would have never expected that can grow to such a huge community i all i wanted to do is get a course out there that changes the the environment of content in poker because back then there was there was great content i mean um it's it's not that there was nothing really existing but i always had the feeling it's too too scattered if that makes sense it's just too much and it's hard to understand or hard to figure out where do i start i wanted to bring out a course that you start from pre-flop until heads up and everything is basically delivered on a silver plate. All you need to do is study that shit and no generic bullshit, not just something like, yeah, you got to be a bit looser here and tighter there. No, exactly giving instructions, giving examples of, okay, what does it mean to be tighter or looser in this very spot? How to adjust, how to, what kind of hands we want to add to our range in order to be looser and exploit our opponent. What does it mean to be tighter? Which hands do we abandon from our range? And so on and so forth. That was my idea. And I think it's very simple, but it's not so easy to execute. I mean, uh, trying to explain very complicated things in, in easy words is something I struggled at the beginnings. And I tried to force myself and get better and get better. And I think from every single course that I did, we, or I personally also grew. And yeah, I think you can also see it in the course that I'm updating that every video uh, or you can see the progress that I made along the way. Very nice. I want to quickly take a, a question here because this is something that's been talked about a little more and you know, I've heard about for a while, but uh, we see someone in the chat, nice feature here um, where you can just click and see the question. Does that pop up on your screen there? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. This is the uh, StreamYard uh, feature because the broadcasting has changed on YouTube. So any thoughts on this? Do you uh, randomize decisions, Ben? <laughs> no, never. I never did and I never will. Because I believe it's uh, it can it I think it works good in environments which are very very unique and for most of the viewers are not applicable when you play high stakes against the same opponents over and over again and it's literally a spot where you can flip a coin. However, I'm still not doing it because it can slip into a habit where you will always find an excuse to randomize instead of taking a closer look, taking these 10 seconds additionally, thinking the hand through, picking up on reads, maybe, um, yeah, by taking these additional 10 seconds, finding something else that might lean more towards folding or more towards calling. That's how I randomize. There's always something that you can take into consideration. Reads, future game, ICM, uh, um, stack size distribution on the table, image of the player, your own image. There's always something that instead of uh, randomizing, you can, um, yeah, you can you can make better decisions by taking that time. So I'm not saying the randomizing itself is bad. It just if you start randomizing once, 
you might also randomize a spot where it's actually not needed, where you have information at hand. But it's easy to say, yeah, you know what? I randomize and our ego is really good in right. telling us, hey, God, hey, you know, what's not your mistake? Like you randomize and the coin flipped towards um, calling your call and it was wrong. So Yeah, it's almost like I, it's a bit of a cop-out, right? It's like, and it sounds so easy to say. It sounds so sophisticated. If the wizards and the sorcerers, uh, are doing this out there and you just say, yeah, you know, randomized, like I'm at you bust and you just, that's what you say. It's kind of, kind of seems it's, it's a weird topic or question because there are people doing this frequently uh, from what I understand at the highest level as well. And it just kind of seems bizarre. So it's interesting to hear you just never ever, or, or just don't really, you know, go that route because yeah, I, I don't either. I've never like, cause you know, people say, look at their watch. If it's in a quarter, the, the one quarter, if they, you know, they, they like do these different things. They look up the, at the clock screen if it's odd or even on the P players left, you know, like, and they just decide. And it's like, wow, it's kind of crazy. So I don't know. Anyway, just yeah. I saw someone ask that. It sounded, it sounded interesting. We have a ton of questions to answer. We will. Ben's got to go. We got about an hour-ish total. So I want to leave some time for questions from from you guys out there. I uh, appreciate everyone tuning in right now. And, uh, you know, Ben, I, I want to say that, I guess I, I want to understand too, when you decide to create a course, what goes in? Cause people ask about mixed games. They want to ask about other stuff. What you don't want to just be throwing out a ton of courses and rant, just putting out too much overload of content. Is there anything in the pipeline coming up for next part to raise your edge? Cause you guys also update, you do a lot of updates on the current software, which is cool. So people that already yeah. have paid for it, you go back and I'll, I'll look at something. I'll be like, oh, I don't remember that. Or that's new. Or it says like updated and you change the ranges or, you know, cause poker is evolving. It's changing and things kind of, uh, you know, they never stay the same in a lot of, a lot of situations. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between how often you're doing updates and what maybe when you would bring a new course or a mixed game or what else might be coming up? Um, courses are not planned simply because I think we cover the topics or courses that we are really good at teaching. And I'm also, to be honest, I'm very picky. And also now we as Raise Your Edge, our entire team, we are very picky about who we are letting in. So if a coach, we get a lot of applications and people asking, hey, I would like to do that. And I would like to do this course. I want to provide this content. Can we somewhat collaborate? It's, it's incredibly hard because good content, just because you're a good player doesn't necessarily mean you can, you can teach things in a very good way or a very effective way. So it's incredibly tough to, to be part of the family because we also want to make sure that we don't let someone in that destroys our current atmosphere and the vibes we have in the team. So. We are actually a rather small team, I would say, for the, let's say, size that Raise Your Edge has, the community and all the channels we have to maintain. And yeah, it's it's not so easy to make a good course. So we really want to make sure that if we produce something, it has great quality. Uh, that's why we're not currently planning any more courses. However, we plan a new software la launch where it's an interactive uh, software where... You, for example, you see a video and in this video, you will have questions. So it's going to basically bring the, the way you watch content on a new level. Instead of just seeing there, sitting there and seeing the content and digesting it, you will have to engage with it. You will see questions. So the video is going to pause and then it's going to ask you a question. Multiple choice. It can uh, show you different ranges and you have to pick the right ranges. So for example, I'm talking about a certain concept and then there's a video being displayed. 
or sorry, there's a handy being displayed and then it asks, what would you, which, which range would you open race here? And then it shows three different ranges. You have to pick one. Very easy example. Of course, normal quizzes, multiple choice. Um, we have a replayer that replays a hand or shows you a scenario and then it asks you all sorts of different questions. What would be your open raising range here? Um, what would be worth what sizing? And you have, you can get for one hand 10, 15, 20 different questions that cover pre-flop, post-flop, turn, river, check raising, everything. And we have already, I think, more than 30,000 questions implemented in that software. Wow. Um, also, a lot of pre-flop stuff, of course. And you can just fire one question after the other. And the cool thing is it also shows you explanations, especially for, for post-flop spots. Why do we want to see bet certain hands? Why do we want to bluff certain hands? Why don't we want to bluff in this very spot? So not only just showing the results, because it's very important for me that you understand the way why we'd want to do certain actions. So next time when the spot occurs or a similar spot occurs, that you understand the why, not only the result. So it's pretty cool. It's probably going to be released in January. And we're also going to start doing webinars more on a regular basis. Really enjoy interacting with people live. Um, that's pretty cool. And, and other than that, and yeah, courses aren't planned. Awesome. And, and those live meetups seem, the, from what I saw, the Barcelona or the areas you've done it, very successful. Got to hang out in Vegas. Um, you know, that was, that was very cool. Some pe- you know, people getting together there. We played some soccer. It's my most, uh, that was fun. It's hard to get Ben CB money. I got a couple bucks in uh, competitions. <laughs> Maybe we can have that set up in the uh, future. But um, yeah, the, uh, is, is there, is that something, is that, is that a, do you feel that's a powerful way to engage with the community? And, and is that so how many, what, how many, how big could you make that meetup webinar thing? Cause I think timing those around some EPTs, you know, or, or party poker stops or world series, you know, that's like where everyone, people are there and you know, there's a large number and it kind of map that through. I think it's really cool where people get to kind of engage meet. And, that, and that's like an opportunity where great players or minds or people that are hungry and striving to be better can all kind of link up in person. It's 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 now so much online, right? Like Discord, yeah. they're great, but to actually chat with someone or say, oh, wow, you're so-and-so from online. I play with you a lot and get to talk. It's like a really unique way of doing that. Is that how many a year do you think you could do? Is that something you want to try to make into a, into like a, a, a thing that you do like multiple per year? Yeah, of course. Uh, the, the, the thing is that every event is, takes quite some effort to plan the entire infrastructure to build to acquire this knowledge of how to set up event there are so many things that need to be considered that we take it slow two three events a year Uh, the boot camp took us quite some time but also uh by now we can probably fire this boot camp way more faster and release it way faster since we have already way more experience um i don't necessarily plan to make it bigger especially for boot camps because the most value comes from working in a smaller circus so we had 30 i think in barcelona or was it 20 20 or 30 20 to 30 and maybe 30 40 50 like in this region but it's not gonna reach the hundreds you know yeah unless it's a meetup like we had in las vegas where i think we had 70 or 80 you know just an occasional meetup for an evening where you have drinks and you get to know the community but when it's about studying when it's about learning with a community then or teaching directly head to head face to face then it's more likely going to be a smaller circle of students all right i'm just throwing out miami 2020 the new hard rocks there do around a live event maybe we, you know just saying that could be a good location so um that's very cool i i think that's great that you're doing that and that's a lot of fun um and in terms of 
uh, online. I want to talk a little more about online and what's happening in the, in the future of poker. And, and they, you know, they see this $20 million event party poker does. It's obviously crazy, right? But it's, there's the rebuy aspect. This is a big, the Negrani's been talking about it. There's been, this is a, something that it, it's, it's complicated for, for the players. I said, you, I think you said you may not try to rebuy less or not do it as much. And you think it's not a good thing. What do you think a good solution is that with the prize pools or, or for re-entries? Do, do you feel strongly maybe only one re-entry for a total of an event, no re-entry, like freeze out more often, like less prize pool? What, what do you think is a, a good solution and what's fair and right for, for our community to, to, to do on this? Well, just because we decrease the re-entries doesn't mean uh, we never going to reach higher, higher guarantees anymore. I mean, there was a time where we had freeze-out tournaments and the guarantees were really high. I mean, just, I mean, Super Tuesday, Sunday Million, back in the days, the guarantees were huge, right? And I think Party Poker also had some really big um, um, success with, with the guarantees lately. I mean, that's, I love to see it. And I know it's a very aggressive strategy, but I think it's a, it's a needed change. And I would like to see, uh, the other poker sites also catching up. Uh, I think that's, that's the direction it's, it's, it's supposed to go because the, the main attraction for most recreational comes from, yeah, binking a tournament, right? But if you bink a hundred dollar tournament, you get for first 2.5 K. That's not really an incentive to for recreational to sit there for ten hours and play a tournament, right? Right. It it has to be this little bit of a life changing moment for yeah. a little bit of a buy in or a very small buy in, and then a big win. That's right. what everyone dreams. That's why lottery is so popular. Yes, it's also you. Re- you reference Phil Ivey for an example, or you know, a lead player like let's take yourself. Ben CB gets knocked out of the event and then you, you're wrecking, you knock him out. And then you see 10 minutes later, he's, he's, he's check raising you uh, deeper in the tournament. And you're like, man, like, you know, I die, I got through a guy who's tough and he, they have a big advantage, right? Professionals, yeah, like, exactly. they get great just, players. They get more, they can play more aggressively, try to get bigger stacks, get back in. So it is, that is a, you know, that's a, that's a tough thing to overcome as well. And recreationals don't rebuy as much as regulars. It makes the games tougher, which for me personally is not, not a reason why I am against re-entries or rebuys, but I just believe that poker poker lives through its stories. You know, that <clears throat> David774, you know, tells his buddy, hey, dude, I knocked out da- Charles Darwin. You know, I knocked out Lena. I knocked out... Johnny F and Chan, like your Razor Edge spoof. I love that, <laughs> right? You know, it's like... That's, that's the stories that are being told, but if every tournament has unlimited or let's say is a re-entry tournament it's it sucks it just sucks and i think it's very frustrating for recreations as well yeah definitely a topic to to uh that needs some attention and, and interesting to see the right answer or compromise uh also yeah uh, in the recent months there was some pretty big movement on party poker with the aliases and no huds which is you know obviously for the reasons for the, what they're choosing it seemed like kind of a crazy deal what is your overall thought? Give me your thought when you heard these two things are happening and what it is now. Has it changed? And what do you, what's your take on these these type of changes in the online poker? Um, I like the change. From, 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 from a poker perspective, for me individually, I like it um, because that's where I came from. I started playing with no hearts. I started with taking a piece of paper, writing down notes on every single regular. 
I love the grind. I love the hustle of, you know, pen, paper, writing down, using your fucking brain and just, you know, making decisions based on that and not always having a software for everything. However, for Razor Edge, it's quite bad because I cannot really stream party poker that much. Like if I opt to stream, because it would be a huge disadvantage for me that everyone would know my screen name, but I don't know who is who. Over the time on party poker, you figured out who is who, you know, their screen names, you want yeah. you know who they are, but uh, it, it will take some time. So, yes. uh, that, you, so uh, those that don't know, Ben, Ben CB79 was a mystical unicorn unknown. He, on our, even our first podcast, no picture, no video. There was not, no information on him. He did do a release this year. It was a big deal. It was like, uh, it's, it's true. It's like he comes to light, but that on Party Poker, your name is, you are not, that is not shared currently. Exactly. It's not shared because, um, it, it, it will take some time until I figure out who is who, of course. Um, but it's it would be a really a huge disadvantage if you play against a pool where you have no clue who is Lena, who's Darwin, who's Chief Ganger, um, who is Easy Doer, you know. Uh, and but they know who I am. It's just it just uh, would be a massive disadvantage. Um, but again, for poker itself, it's great. It's good. I like it. I think there was too much um, software involved. Too much. Um, yeah. It's a bit intimidating too, right? With, with the HUDs yeah. on the screen and stuff. Yeah. Like I've seen some, cause your HUD is very elaborate and like, I, you know, I use the HUD, I use basic statistics, but I wasn't going in deep. So a guy, you know, that's almost like now you're being graded or your ability is like a guy that can go to the turn, the river, look at spots and see stuff. They can maybe really, really exploit people in certain areas where someone who's not as good with the HUD. Like I personally love it. And I think it's actually been better. My results seem to be better. Um, which I don't know, you can't necessarily correlate, you know, short, shorter sample, shorter sample if it's enough. But I, I do feel like that is, it is kind of relieving, assuming that ever, no one's using it. And I, I do think at first people are worried that this would be a really bad thing and this and that. And it seems like it's kind of been accepted and people like it in a way. And, and anyway, so that's interesting. Uh, alias as well, you touched on. And what about my game though? Cause there is a, I think my game now incorporating with the, the software to review. Cause that was kind of a, that was one where everyone was sort of disconnected on where you need to be able to yeah. move your hands and share. Do you feel like it's, now it's is better? better now, but it needs some improvement. I feel like it's not so intuitive. So you guys, you have to kick your dev team in the ass and to, speed up things and tell them, Hey guys, come on, let's do this. Let's make it better. It's, it's a great step for sure. It's important. You got to be reviewing your own hands, but, um, yeah, if you don't, if you don't offer downloading hand histories, you should be, um, yeah, you should, you should have a great software, a great tool to review your hands, especially okay. when you play, right. Also when you play or marking hands, uh, fast, Awesome. Well, Ben, we need we need uh, we need some consulting on uh, my game. So let's uh, we'll chat after. Raise your edge. We'd love to have the head coach and the man with uh, involved. So we'll chat later. Um, that's okay. Interesting. Now let me ask you this, Ben CB. You're in front of the major sites, Party Poker, Poker Stars, Eight Eight Eight, GG, whatever. Right? You get to sit in front of the top people that can change things. The the directors, the tournament guys, the managers, the presidents, Rob Young, etc. All the monsters in a room, you're there presenting. What do you tell them? For 2020, what would you what would be your give me a few suggestions, tips, things that you think actually would be able to be done relatively easily if you would. I mean, I, you know, you could go into however you want to look at that, but what would you say to them? What what would you do immediately to change some I, things? I think it's not 
changed easily because I, I I'm not in the position to judge that. I'm not in position to to judge what's easy to be implemented because I don't know the numbers. All I yeah. can do is to deliver input based on the feedback that I've gotten from regressions, from regulars, my talks, comments, messages that I get, and of course my own personal belief in what is good for the ecosystem. Yeah. So there might be information or yeah, any kind of intel that I don't have access to, let it be um, financial, um, legal legal stuff, whatever it is. Because I know also with Razor Edge that a lot of nobody knows about that only can I know about that makes things more complicated and might look easy for someone else. But there is something that, yeah, makes things more complicated. True, true. And Same for streamer videos and other things as well. <laughs> exactly. It's harder. People don't know what they don't know. So that's However, the part. Of course, I would increase the guarantees. I will reduce the re-entries. I would, for example, also amend the structure a little bit more towards, uh, for, for, for example, um, making, if I if we keep re-entries, I would decrease the re-entry or late track period for like half an hour or an hour. Mm-hmm. So those who want to gamble, who want to build up a stack, they have the chance to. But then it's not going to be this like three, four, five, six hours of, of late drag and constantly firing re-entries. And then it just ends up in a, in a, in a massive gambling uh, instead of playing poker and you have five lives to re-enter the tournament. It just, it sucks. It's not, it's not healthy for the ecosystem. So I would definitely rework the structure for re-entry tournaments. Um, I would also make it a little bit um, deep average stack size deeper towards the end. So maybe increasing the blind levels by a bit, making make making it a little bit maybe faster at the beginning. If there's some sort of um if there's some sort of um how do you say obstacle with if you increase it by too much. Let's say you want to increase the the blind levels at the end of the tournament, approaching final two, final final table, but then it's just gonna get too long. Of course you have to you have to save on, on, on other stages of the tournament. You have to yeah. save time at the early stage, maybe reduce the blind levels by a few minutes. Um, so always making sure that you don't get too too fast into that 10, 20 big blinds, 30 big blinds average stack size. At some point, it will get shorter because people are stalling, are playing more scared, tighter when big money is at stake. That's totally normal and something that cannot be avoided. So I think there's some some adjustments we can make with the structure. There are just, just a few, I think, you can work on an entire list. Um, but however, the main important things are um, guarantees, 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 and of course, very good marketing. I think it's something good that that, that PokerStars is doing really well, marketing, bringing new players. You have to also um, point out the things that are going well. Their UFC deal is insane. I also think Party Poker is doing great marketing. Um, what was the last part the of Poker Stars? You said it's insane. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last part. You said this the UFC, the, the UFC deal. Oh, UFC, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And, yeah, okay, yes. And, yeah, okay. And, yeah, and Party Poker with their streamers, like trying to be more present and being more engaging on Twitch. I think it's great. This is something I didn't understand from Poker Stars' side that they're not streaming, uh, signing more streamers and also trying to be more active. I think. Whether it's Mixer or Twitch, doesn't I don't I don't care. I think it's important to be very present with a lot of streamers on on these social media channels, yeah, or on streaming platforms. And then I, the rake, of course, on, uh, the, there needs to the be rake. some adjustment, make uh, especially for faster structured tournaments with the rake. Right. 
Yeah, you see party give, I think, I believe, on knockouts, half back or less half the rate. There's different yeah. things, but yeah, be creative, give back, find ways. Um, do, do you, you know, I think it's also, it is true because a lot of people, you know, this is part of poker being in 2004, 2008, there were a lot of sponsorship deals for live. You know, if you made the final table to main, you're going to, you get a deal with the big site. And now, you know, party poker, we have team online. Um, there was no real competition to, par- to poker stars. And I think that's also inspirationally, it's nice. If there's like, oh, well, look, you know, like guys like Owen Pav and uh, Matty Ice or Nicky Mouse, these guys didn't have a deal. And if you look as like somebody who's coming, it's like, oh, maybe I want to get in Twitch and you see some great streamers with really big numbers don't have a deal. It's kind of like, what are, you know, is that even a, a thing to try to strive for? But I, I mean, there has been that. There is a new team now and you saw even stars sign some guys that are up and coming and you know, that, that type of thing. I think there is a bit more of a market for that now, but again, to your point, like trying to find doing more creative stuff, giving more things to them and being more in touch with streamers and, and whatnot. And even on YouTube, you know, there's, I, I mentioned to you today, there's a big, I don't know if any of raise your edge videos were affected, but I had 19 more YouTube videos taken down. I've had yeah. 54 before Jamie Staples had a bunch. I saw a lot of other people, there's a debate going and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, it's upsetting because, the it's like an AI bot that's just like flagging down videos. Like my video, like all of them are the same. They're all highlights. There's no link. There's no whatever. And they're just like taking down, you know, videos that take time, effort, money, all these things to create and do. And then you're just like getting them uh, thrown out. So uh, there's a debate going with that right now. And YouTube, and I think there's some engagement. So hopefully that gets resolved, but it's uh yeah. Gaming is complicated. You know, Michigan just passed. Did you see that for legislation? Sorry. Michigan, the state in the United States, they passed, which is a oh, big, that's great. yeah, Pennsylvania passed. Like there are signs that gaming and, you know, sports betting uh, at a federal level passed. So it's up to states now. It's like, I think, I think gaming, it's got, it's got negative connotations and poker. I just feel like the content with YouTube and Twitch and these, these programs you do and people are doing it, it's good. Right. But it's still, poker still kind of has that seedy light. And I, I think yeah, that's, we're always in a battle. Awesome. We're always in a battle yeah, to try to get yeah. that, that to, to uh to light um what about you anything you want to touch on in particular that uh because we have so many questions and i do want to make sure we get through some questions yeah by the way the something else that i forgot to mention that i I wanted to follow up on yes i would also try to expand in different industries Uh, that's why i said poker stars deal with ufc is is pretty good um didn't expect that but also getting more into esports i think finding these industries where you have um a lot of um people that have an interest for or fable for poker and gaming or let's say fighting um mma and poker it's like you know there are a lot of um people that watch ufc that also would are interested in gambling you know whether it's poker or whatever it's like a it's like a similar viewer base. it's like a similar audience so in general i i would like to see the the comp or the yeah poker platforms to expand more into an industry or market it more in industries that are very much connected with poker. So you have a lot of professional poker players that have an esports background. You have a lot of esports players that have a poker background. And I think there's yeah also maybe sponsor more sponsorships with esports, more <clears throat> cross um, cross marketing going on. Um, would love to see that more. Yeah. And before we do dive into the questions, uh, I know something you're very passionate about and you've put a time resources money into is raise your edge gaming. How has that venture been going and how is that, how, how is, uh, how, how do you feel how that's progressing? Because I know that's, that's exciting for you. Um, 
we made our experiences last year and we learned from it and we're growing and we're going to be better next year. Nice. And, and that team is how many people are on that team that, that compete on Razor Edge Gaming? The, the team well, is? now we have three games with PUBG, Counter-Strike Go and Hearthstone where we're competing at. Hearthstone is only one player. He belongs, he's competing in the highest leagues uh, worldwide. Counter-Strike Go, we have a, um, they almost qualified for the German finals. So they're, they're playing in the highest German leagues. Uh, it's very expensive to get a top international team in Counter-Strike Go. That's something where we have to work towards to to be able to also compete and like in these major games, Dota, LOL, Counter-Strike. Um, and then PUBG, we also have uh, one of the best teams in the world that was competing in the, in the in the highest possible leagues. And fortunately, we didn't qualify for the World Finals, but yeah, next, next year we're going to attack again. We learn from our mistakes that had happened from management side, organization side, but also, of course, we will learn our um, lesson that we have seen was doing wrong from from the team side or from the player side and we try to adjust there and uh, maybe take more care about the <clears throat> the composition of the team of the players and take our time more to really be selective about the players that we're going to sign right absolutely uh, yeah it's a it's a learning experience it's a big industry sports emerging do you feel just, the ceiling- just let me get some water just 10 seconds yeah so, guys, I do want to just quickly, while Ben steps away, remind you, we are giving away a $55 party poker ticket. Uh, you got to retweet and ask kind of question, and you will be eligible. Um, we will go through. And, oh, he's already back. So, we're just showing you guys can go through and ask. Told you, 10 seconds. That was less Germans, man. They, they don't mess around. I'm telling you, you guys are you're strong. I get it. You guys don't, you don't play with time, that's for sure. So, I, I want to ask you, though, on the future of esports, do you believe that in 10 years, 5 years, 20 years, esports teams and, and owners is it going to be like owning a premiership team owning a bundesliga team an nfl team like do you believe that the the sky could really do you feel it has that potential to become that kind of you know as like a premiership or nfl type team like uh does it have that ceiling yeah i do believe so okay interesting let's uh yeah it's crazy to think about but i, I i'm 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 on that i think it's got that trajectory let's uh Let's dive in now. We're just going to rapid fire some stuff. And, you know, again, we'll just pass if, uh, if you don't want to answer. It's private or not, but let's go, go right in to it. Um, first question, when did you decide to reveal yourself, your face? When was the date and, and uh, was that, how long was that planned for? Some, sometime at the beginning of the year, I started contemplating how the upsides of revealing myself and started scaling you know, what are the upsides of reading myself? What are the downsides? What are the downsides of staying hidden? And yeah, I figured out for myself the upsides of revealing myself, outperform the upsides of staying hidden. So that's why I decided to yeah, reveal myself. Okay. Um, someone asked, I think there's a little bit of a translation issue here. How continue with a career if you lost a biggest poker chance in your life? I ask for myself. I don't really, I guess, maybe interpret that. Um, Maybe if you have got off to a not a great start or you take a chance in poker and it doesn't go right, how, how do you how do you deal with someone or, or who wants to maybe consider playing poker for a living? Let's go with that. What would you tell them to consider? And, and- It's very likely that you're going to fail at the, the very first attempt and even the second and third attempt. So you just got to keep doing and important, most importantly, just, you know, don't do the same mistakes over and over again. It's, you know okay to do a mistake but if you do the same mistakes over and over again you're an idiot and you need got, got to be working on that and that's all you can do right you want to okay. be failing at the beginning 
For sure. How did you first get into poker? What was your first time where you ever like found, heard the word or got to play with friends or online? School, um, friends and playing in breaks or like pennies, you know? Right. Okay. Uh, what made you explore in the video gaming sector? I think you definitely had some huge runs in poker. Uh, love your contents from here's a question. Basically what, what made you go into do the razor edge gaming? Um, because I do believe that there's a, a big future in, in esports, and also um, have discovered that, you know, similar to poker, that we're, it's a lot of being in front of the computer, right? It's being a lot on your own with yourself, and it can be very lonely uh, for poker players as well as for um, esports. So I not only see an opportunity to, of course, I want to increase the brand of Raise Your Edge. I want to become as big as possible. I want to teach what I believe is good to become successful or what is important to become successful, but also how to maintain a happy and healthy life. I want to teach that as pos to as many pos people as possible. So I see an opportunity to grow Raise Your Edge as a brand there and, and, and become bigger. But also, I really enjoy working with young people and also show them that there is more than just a video game. There's more than just poker. And you actually need that in order to bring balance into your life, in order to also, you know, have a, um, a stable foundation, health, happiness, relationships, let it be spiritual spirituality to a certain degree, that if you fall, you have a net that can catch you. If you're in poker, if you have shitty health, if you have no friends or shitty relationships, and then, of course, you're also running after the money and you have a downswing, you're going to fall much harder compared to if you would have this stable environment. And that's what I'm trying to teach, that there's more than just cards. There's more than just clicking headshots. So that's something that really made me think more about getting into esports. And I decided, yeah, let's do it. It's something I love doing. I love <clears throat> can do 14 hours a day. And, um, and of course, and this is something here, guys, very, very important. It's not necessarily about... Um, doing what you love because i think this message alone is bullshit you have to do something what you love but there also has to be demand if i would see there would be no demand unless it's just a hobby right but if it's a business if if you are, if you see it as business then it has to be something that there's a demand where it's a growing industry right so these two factors need to be combined something that you have a passion for and something where there's a demand for and then if that is given go for it Absolutely. I, 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 I agree with you completely. And it's great advice. Um, why Ben CB seven, eight, nine, your online name. People ask why, why, what does the CB stand for? CB stands for my hometown. Uh, I found one, two, three, two boring. So I was crazy, you know, and went for seven, eight, nine. Wow. You're an animal. Seven, eight, nine. You're, you're out, of, you. out of control. You better don't mess with me. <laughs> hey, go ahead. Don't, don't play back at Ben. Um, uh, what will be the next <laughs> step in your poker career? Do you have a, a new project ahead? I mean, you got so many projects. I don't, I mean, are you ready to, are you ready to relax and work on what you have? Or do you have another area, you know, cannabis? Is there another sector you feel like tackling or are you just, you know, are you content? Everyone has a fucking CBD brand today. I feel like, or, yeah, yes. I'm going to invent the new CBD Special vegan uh, toast bro, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that for you, or are you, are you sticking? No, 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 no. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on the on the tasks that are ahead the next couple of months, focusing on our software, updating the courses, the boot camps, 
playing life if possible, focusing on my own game, staying ahead, keep improving. And then of course, taking care of my, my relationships and my personal health and yeah. Okay. Um, the, so Barry here is asking what percent did you have in the online hundred K that you shipped? I think you won 1.1 million Ken, very private question, but do, do you, I mean, you remember that tournament <laughs> you, you, uh, is that right? Was it 1.1 million you won in that one tournament? Yeah. Um, I had a decent amount of percentages on myself. You went for it. That's the answer. You went, you took a shot. You bring Kenny it. you know, you just, just said F it. Well, it's, it's relative. I, for myself, I would say back then it was a decent amount of percentages given the average buy in I had today. Yeah. It might be different. Right. And, and you're, when you, when you, uh, play a tournament such as that magnitude, can you talk a little bit about your, what you're doing are you one tabling event that's significantly so big like that or is that like where you're no. playing during a series you're still multi-tabling i was still playing wait was it one tabling that seems like if there is ever a time to, to just do one it might be like that big of a bind i think it also was um it was probably i'm actually it. not sure I, I would guess I was playing some other tournaments as well because I really don't enjoy one tabling. I really enjoy playing multiple tables and having a lot of action. Give me a Sunday today. What's your Sunday look like in terms of tables? What do you, what's the most you'll play at, on a Sunday at one time? I think it can, can go up to 25. It depends on how many I bust in the early stages. But if I don't bust in so many, then especially if you start loading more tables around 7, 8, 9, Seven eight nine. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah, that's, I'm. That's your that's I'm, your signature. Seven eight nine, <laughs> your sweet spot of tables. Yeah. Do you feel? Give me a scale. When you're twenty, let's call it twenty four <laughs> tabling, or if you're four tabling, how? Give me your poker ability, one to a hundred. How well do you think you're playing in those two scenarios? Six versus. Well, five. I'm definitely playing better when I have four, but I think uh, my game is not so or my game doesn't deteriorate as much that it would decrease my my hourly so i think this is like between 15 and 25 is where my hourly gets way higher than let's say four tabling even though my hourly would be significantly higher when i would be four tabling interesting give me a trick because i do feel i significantly suffer like i joke that i'm the best i'm one of the best two tablers like i just feel very things go well and i get chips and go deep when i play like eight or ten i just kind of feel like i don't know it doesn't go as well give me a multi-tabling <laughs> trick hockeys do you organize it by the length it's in how many big lines you have do you move tables around or do you just put your tables there and go and whatever happens um i'm 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 tiling my tables <laughs> stacking them so i also you know see the dynamics is going on because if you stack them and just tables are popping up one after the other depending on the action you're not really be able to follow the the action once you afford it so i really keep an eye on the dynamics and i still pick up on reads or timing tells i mean of course when you're 25 tables not as much but with 15 16 tables i would say i can still sense of, or see what's going on and who are the you know loosey-goosey guns and who are the tight passive players but there are no tricks jeff it's just experience it's just studying knowing what to do in spots and not thinking about it. like i know what to do click and then i have more time for the next table click next time more time for no, the next table well i don't mean tricks in a way of uh shortcuts but more like settings like for example you know having table uh, where the table pop up auto or you know something that i don't know like little things that could make a big difference in in, in maneuverability uh, yeah, it's it's just Table Ninja basically that I'm using that allows me to let's say I I just click one mouse one or mouse two and I auto fold and I don't need to hover over the fold button. I don't need to hover over the button, so I can I, I'm working with hotkeys for sure. Um, but that's pretty much it. And 
if yeah, if, if needed, it displays me the amount of big blaze, big blinds I have. Um, interesting. Okay, that's that. That's that. I like it. That helps. Um, what was the most difficult situation you had to? you had live at a poker table I mean, you haven't played a ton of live poker for when I can tell if you ever had a, we actually in Barcelona, we played together and we're rooming together. So I first met you, I think that was 2017. Um, in Barcelona. Yeah. Yes. What was that? Any live situation that was like kind of bizarre or weird or just cause you know, you're like, you, what percent do you play online? 95, 98% online. So like 99, so 99. So like, was there ever uh yeah, was there something live that kind of threw you off or you were kind of like, wow, this is weird or I'm not used to this or some etiquette? Is there any kind of situation that stands out? Do you have anything like that? You know, I mean, just folding out of line or out of order. But apart from that, I wouldn't say I had a I had a big worth, sort of a worthwhile, worthwhile or funny or yeah, controversial yeah. uh, hand or situation that's worth sharing. Will Ben CB be at any live tournaments in 2020? Nothing planned, no. Spontaneously. Okay. Um, I don't know what's that, which, uh, when you first started playing or now, what, any players you admire, respect a lot, um, old school, new school, I mean, friends, you deal with a lot of the high stakes crushers and, you know, different, I see you do some work with them, but any players that you kind of want to, you just, you really could mention that you, not necessarily you think are the best in the world, but um, you, you're memorable or admire. Um, Eric Seidel, I think it's it's very astonishing how he's always a gentleman. He always is kind. He's always friendly. Um, he's such a great ambassador for the game, and he's always competing in the in the toughest field. And uh, he he's grinding so many stops. And of course, he's older than the younger ones. And if you're younger, you have an advantage given that you're supposed to be in a better shape. Uh, and still, he has no fear. He is working on his game. He keeps up with with what is happening and adapting in a, prop, in, a in a good way. Uh, if I see him, I always see him playing solid. I never see him punting or doing big mistakes. I feel like he has no ego, or at least he can control his ego. I don't know. Just he seems an overall very extremely solid player to me. That makes him someone that I feel like there's no money to win. <laughs> right. You know, and. Um, I, yeah, I mean, there might be players that are technically better because they just study a lot and grind online. But given what he has done for poker, given how many years he has been there and he's crushing and just, yeah, very, if you ask me one player that comes to my mind, then I would say Eric Seidel. Great. Okay. I think that's a good choice. Um, do you, did you get any lash? Um, I don't know about the right word. Uh, were you, did you did were there people some friends or um, other people in the industry that kind of were like giving you resistance or saying oh you shouldn't be doing this course you're giving too much or friend like your great friends that kind of uh, top level players um, I don't know how that's a question coming up about relations with poker friends have they deteriorated at all do you feel like it, you know just how much time and effort you put into your course is it less that you get to engage or is that the opposite maybe you engage more and get to talk more with people about poker do you feel like I I. God, certainly, not only when I am creating a course. I mean, today I don't care. But back then when I started Raise Your Edge, I got a lot of feedback and messages and just sending the vibes when you talk to someone. Poker school, like, what the fuck? And those who are into poker, they 
they were very negative about it because everyone, like every year, everyone thinks poker is dead. Ten years, people said poker is dead. Five years ago, people said poker is dead. So of course, when you in 2015 you started poker school, it's like what, like all these poker schools that are online, all these videos. So it it felt awkward, but I believed the content is not good. So again, my magical formula, I like it, and there's a demand or there's something missing. And if people say poker is getting tougher and tougher, it's dying, but the content is not catching up. It's like it it stays the same level or even deteriorates. It's just a, most of the sites were just a huge marketplace with like thousands of videos, but nothing really structured. So I saw an opportunity. I saw a demand. I liked it. So I went for it. That's the rule I live by every single time I decide for myself if I want to start a new project or I don't. It's that easy. And yes, of course, when you don't have the confidence and you just get into the business for the first time, you take all these negativity and, and toxic comments way more serious than you would do if, if you already run a successful business. So I encourage everyone that wants to take a step, whether it's starting a business, a career, learning something that might sound awkward to someone else or whoever, even if it's your father, your mother, your cousin or best friend or random Greg772 from YouTube, don't care, fuck them, go for it and just do it. Absolutely. Love that. Um, so question about taking shots and failing. Have you ever taken shots and failed? What tips would you give to a low to mid-stakes grinder taking shots in the hopes of having a strong bankroll? What, what would you be some advice if you take a shot and it doesn't work out? What, what are some uh, guidelines in, in taking shots? I feel like I'm 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 the the most boring dude in the world when I talk about this, but it's it, it's very simple. Yes, I have I've failed many times. I've taken shots as well. I've played one hundred dollar tournaments. I had to move down back to ten dollar tournaments, and it just you try, you fail, you draw your conclusions, you re review your hands, right. try to make it better next time. You grind up your bankroll again, and you try again, and you do it as as long as your body is carrying you. Yeah, that's all the magic behind. That's that's it. I like that's a well well put. Um, how much do you personally need to win? Is there a number in your head that you would stop playing poker? Is there is there seven hundred eighty nine million? Seven eighty nine million. That Ben CB seven eight nine. We figured it out. Ben is his name. CB is his hometown. Seven hundred eighty nine million. That's how much when we'll see Ben walk away. I think we could end the podcast. That's it. I think we summed it up. That's the, we got everything we need, but we'll, we'll keep going since we've got some great other questions, but there you go. Seven, eight hundred eighty nine million. What's your favorite movie, Ben? Uh, Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah. Interstellar. Awesome. Okay. Um, do you believe in the honesty of online poker software, the integrity of the RNG and the, yeah. all the software? Yeah. I think that's pretty straightforward, right? You probably wouldn't be playing if you didn't trust it or yeah. Same here. Um, why did you stop the $1,000 free roll on party poker? I'm not sure what that is. You were doing a, what, raise your edge 1k free roll? Or something? Uh, I think we used to have it. Yeah. Um, okay. I think there's no particular reason. Uh, we, okay. uh, I think we can get back on it, Jeff, right? We can, maybe you can, you can make something happen. Maybe, a let's make it happen. A, a, like a bigger question. free roll for the community. Let's time. pump it up, man. 2020 is a big year. Let's, let's kick everything right. up a little bit. Uh, what, what do you do before a long day of poker? I like to see your Instagram stories. You get me motivated, sort of realize, all right, did I meditate today? Did I eat my green juice? 
am I, am I ready to go? Or do you just roll out, people roll out of bed and just click on the computer. They're probably not in as good spot as someone that's worked out, meditated a bit, thought about stuff, organize their schedule, look at what events are going on and then fire. So talk us through your prep. Is every day the same Sunday's different or when you go online, do you have a routine? Usually every day is meditating, um, some sort of sports, maybe in the morning, maybe in the afternoon. It's setting goals for the day, journaling is quick, one, two, three minutes, and then cold shower, and then I'm ready to go. It's like, it doesn't take long. That's my daily routine. I don't want to spend three hours for a morning routine. Of course, that's bullshit. Like half an hour, an hour, giving myself time to, you know, get ready for the day. I think that's appropriate. Sometimes if I have a busy day, I just get up put some goals into my journal, take a quick shower, maybe just a five, 10 minute meditation, or I make the meditation in the evening. Um, also with a 10, 20 minute med- uh, routine, you can be very effective. You can put yourself, the mind and body in a really extremely powerful state. On Sundays, it's a bit more, I think it, it probably takes around two hours. I get up, work out, because I have my meditation also then usually between 45 minutes and 60 minutes. So I really visualize myself being in a, and a shitload of very difficult spots, bad beats, setups against me. And I want to visualize myself. I want to see myself how I dream of or how I picture myself performing those situations, posture, breathing, everything, um, being decisive, remaining decisive, making good decisions despite of the bad run. So a very <clears throat> distinct uh, visualization exercise combined with the meditation around 45 minutes, cold bath, like I put ice cubes the night before in the in the freezer, put ice cubes in the bath. And the bathtub, I take an ice bath and then I make myself a green juice with breakfast and then I review some hands. So like two to three hours with reviewing hands and then I'm ready to go. But on Sundays, I have nothing else to do. Like I just get up preparation and then I usually get up around noon, around 11 to 12. And then from 12 to 6, I have time for my morning routine. So like morning routine to until 6. So I really take my time. Then also cook something or prepare something. Or usually my girlfriend is also doing uh, the dinner a lot of the time, which always tastes amazing. Um, so I'm really grateful for that as well. I'm always feeling very energized. And that's all I do for Sunday. Like really make sure I don't have any other tasks for the day. Wow. Really take my time for the grind. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's all you do. That's a lot. That's a full-blown uh, routine. So that does show you you are – I mean, the preparation is key. And, and how is that – How where do you think – if you're playing high stakes or tournaments for a living, where is the best time zone in the world to play? What do you think is the advantage? Because for you, you get you, de- you get to do all that, and then you come in and it's like middle, what, afternoon, or you could start at like 3 p.m. So it's kind of cool because you, you can have like a full day of prep. Now, on the East Coast – um, you know, West Coast Canada places, uh, people are there. It's like you're, you wake up and it's like you're already kind of the schedule's moving. So unless you get up at like 6 a.m., what do you think is the optimal place to grind? Where if you could choose it, do you live there? Would you live somewhere else? If you could look geolocation, where do you think is the biggest advantage? Canada. And that, so EST or? EST, yeah. Why, you, because you think, because of finishing, right? The time it finishes? Yeah. What what are, what's a typical average time you'd say you end your your day when you play a schedule? Three four a.m. If I have some deep runs and bigger tournaments around six seven a.m. Well, yeah, so that's pretty. That is tough, but I guess it's pluses and minuses both ways. Now, if you're motivated, East Coast, you get up at six a.m. You could still do your routine and 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 be going right or seven a.m. and and still do it. Uh, just depends, I guess, how you look at that. But interesting. Okay. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, is there a plan to translate the knockout tournaments course into Russian? Someone asking. No. We had to stop providing content in Russia. It was unfortunately not good for us uh, in terms of piracy. So we had to stop providing content in Russia. Interesting. I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Um, best Brazilian best Brazilian players in high roller. Do you have any? I, I really don't spend a second thinking about that. Like, who's the best player in the world? Like, it's like Eric Seidel. Of course, there's some inspiring players play or like all time legends. Um, but I don't really think about it. Like I actually think more, and that's probably the nature of my, of me being very competitive that I mostly think about what do all the players wrong instead of what are they doing good? Because I want to pick up on their weaknesses. I don't want to focus on their strengths. I'm not going to be like, Oh, he's extremely good at three bit pots. Like I know what he's not good at. And then I try to take advantage of it and everything else that he's not bad at. I'm just trying to stay away or just play my game. <clears throat> right and you <clears throat> for sure you did already you just did break some some uh, females hearts you are you're in a relationship so you did touch that and didn't even have to ask that's a yeah. fact ladies watching in there i see a couple uh virtual sadness but it happens you know uh, it's how it is what's your what's your um do you have favorite streamers on twitch like i know because i can say myself I know who streams. I don't have much time. You do content. You play so much. You probably don't get to watch many streams. You know, you, some guys yeah. that endorse and do your product tree checking on. Are there any streams that you just like, you think are, you love like the combination of just entertainment and whatnot, or maybe outside of even outside of poker? Is there some streams or things you like to watch? Um, well, of course, all the streamers that are partners with Raise Your Edge, they're partners for a reason. Like all the streamers that we partnered up with, Lex, you, Jamie, uh, Matt Staples, Xflix, Nicky Mouse, and there are many more that, you know, they're great streamers. I I discovered them on stream or like once, of course, before someone partners up with Razor, I'm going to check them out. I want to watch them. Like, what is their philosophy? How do they talk about poker? Are they positive? What's their general approach? And right then <clears> I <throat> I like them or I don't. And so everyone that is partners with Razor Edge, I would say is also a great streamer. I really enjoy uh, tuning in and if i don't have many tables i always have a stream on the side whether it's you whether it's jamie whether it's matt whether it's lex um i think um there are also streamers that are not partnered with razor edge like all in path or egyptian no, egyptian is also um partnered with us but i think all in path is also a great streamer is doing a lot of um yeah great stuff for 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 poker in general um i know bulero is also doing um some really great work, uh, putting a lot of work, always positive, always very uh, shows emotion on the stream. It's it just you know you you can sense a genuine um, <clears throat> genuinity. No, how how would you say it? Like an honesty that they have fire for the game and um, yeah. So I, I think actually we have a lot of very good streamers in poker. I have to say. Yeah, it is. It, it, I think I think one of the things you see, though, is people get burnt out a lot. Right. That's like just natural. Makes sense. It's very hard to play stream. You give your name up on party poker, for example. People know who you are. It's a bit of a disadvantage. Um, you're playing long days. It's tiring. You know, I, I don't know. How, I still haven't worked out a formula, what I believe. But to be on Twitch and what would you say? I guess you stream not a, not a ton. Show you guys there here on Twitch. We're going to stream on Sunday, though. We're going to have a charity stream, by the way. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, we, Sunday, I'll check that out for sure. What, how does that work? What are you guys doing for that? Um, so basically, uh, all the donations are going to charity. We um, cooperate with Rec Charity, and um, we 
donate all the um, donations that are coming in 100% and then I'm going to donate 50% of my winnings as well. Wow. That's very cool. Well, I'm going to be streaming Sunday as well, but I will have that up. Maybe we could do squad mode actually. Do you have you ever done that? No. So it's it's just basically squad mode means so like you I think you can do up to four people. So we would we would be on one thing where like people can see ah, okay. multiple at the same time, but then they can click and move. So if you're you're on the big screen, but you know, you see at the bottom like someone's all in with a huge hand or they get deep. So it's all in one compass, but then there's one feature and it kind of ah, moves around. So it's a very cool um feature they they did that brought I think earlier this year. I usually do it whenever I'm on because yeah, it's cool. Kind of cross promote and, and do it. So I, I mean yeah. whatever we can talk about that. I'll be on. Um that would be cool. What do you think about the the party million with the two fifteen multi flights? That's it was a great tournament. I'm very surprised. I'm very happy that you guys reached the guarantees. I mean it shows it shows that you can reach those massive guarantees. Yeah, maybe some creativity of satellites. And, yeah. and actually the fact there you can't re enter. At least on the given field, which is cool. So you play yeah. your flight. If you get knocked out, you got to try another one, which is like, you know, kind of that's like a, in a way there's a relatively good solution, I would say. Right. You play that day. It's a freeze out. Yeah. But um, all right. We're getting tight on time. We do have a 55 retweet to do. I'm going to run through a couple more questions and we'll make sure we get you out of here on time. Um do you like any apps the, for poker training? Like, is there, I mean, you guys have the range viewer, which is very cool. Um, you know, the range where you can plug in ranges and look at different spots. Is there anything similar that you, is there any other kind of devices or things that you think are good to use? Um, or, or, mean, what, or what would you say is the best um, way to use that, to do that in the, uh, for raise your edge. Like uh, that is that the range part, right? Where you get to plug in and, and sort of do the range converter range viewer of, of what the situation is that that's yeah. is that the thing you'd use the most. Yeah, for sure. And then of course, everything that, you know, you need for studying short stack, like IC miser, for example, um, there are many different tools. And then of course, um, maybe you don't necessarily need it for low stakes, but then if you really want to move up and, and dive deeper something like pyro solver, um, these sort of tools are, I'm using myself an app. I'm not using an app because uh, I think you should take your time, sit down and, and, and analyze the spots in depth and, and draw your own conclusions. So yeah, I'm not using any apps. Right. Is, uh, is there any, I just actually, I do want to just highlight this because to me, I think this is the coolest part of the course or one of, I think the most, cause if you look at the raise your edge course and you go through it, it's sort of, if you're not ready to do the 40 plus or how many hours of, of work to go through this particular course, could you maybe give me an example here? I don't know. Can you see my screen or no? Yeah, I can okay. see your screen. So if you were looking at this and you see a, a, a the, the chart, you know, the, the, the table of uh, all the hands, if you were to look at a spot, like what would, you know, let's just say flatting and three betting, you click here yeah. and then you say, well, I have 50 big blinds and I am in the, you know, take a spot that maybe comes up a lot um, or big blind versus middle position. And then you can kind of see, I mean, this is, would you agree that this would be a way if someone's like a more of a recreational or just wants to maybe study or visualize, this gives you yeah. more of a, visual on how to play certain spots and hands and gets you thinking about how to like, you know, cause it might trigger something you don't have to memorize it, but you realize, Oh, these type of hands are maybe I incorporate a different one or, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but is that, was that fair? Do you think this is like one of the best, most valuable tools within the course? Yeah, yeah it certainly is. So you're essentially um, hovering over the spot or the situation that you would like 
to look into. Let it be rejamming, calling rejams, heads up, squeezing, flatting three, bedding, open raising, whatever. And then, of course, you have um, it's it's not possible to cover every single position, but the major ones. So you have big blinds versus early, middle, late position. You have small blinds versus early, middle, late. You have late position versus middle position, middle position versus uh, early position because the ranges are very similar. Otherwise, you would have like 50 ranges in there every single time. That would be way, way, way too much overload. And you get the idea. You see why we do certain things in certain situations. And then you can make your own adjustments according to the type of players you're playing against. It really is cool because if you really if you look at this, I mean, this example here, flatting and three betting, what to do with 50 big blinds. And it's like, all right, the big blind, you're in. So you're in the big blind versus middle position open. And then it says, well, the the three, the three bet folds you start looking at. And then it's, it's it just, you know, it's it's very cool. It just visually shows you how to do it. It's a, it's a really cool tool. Um, so, yeah, just want to point that out. That's just part of the course, but a, a really effective way if you maybe don't want to watch all the videos to uh, check that out. So just want to touch on that. Again, we got BenCB789 on Twitter and Instagram. Raise Your Edge on Twitter and Instagram. He has uh, the Raise Your Edge Twitter, Instagram. Again, we're going to do this $55 retweet and then videos. This is the newest video. This one, you would love to hear people. I know what would you, what would Ben CB change in poker? And then also what people would want to see change. That is his most current video that he does a nice uh, breakdown of everything. I just watched that this morning and retweeted that. Um, Yep. The program Razor Edge and Ben, let's, uh, let's do, let's do the retweet giveaways or any other thing you want to touch on before we close up here or sports. What sports do you play? Uh, I used to play football or soccer. Right now, I'm just uh, doing kickboxing and Krav Maga and all sorts of, like not all sorts, but just, you know, keeping myself fit and working out four or five times a week. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, great. That's that's a good good sport. Um, and then here, another question before we go to the, the giveaway. We're on time. We got another minute or two here. Um, do you think... Players are being bullied by YouTube. This is sort of the hot topic and what's going on today. There was some controversy. It seems that every business professional in the world is allowed to post videos that evolve, involve some kind of danger to the public, but poker players are having all their video, a lot of videos removed. What are your thoughts on this? Because this is uh, very, very upsetting. I mean, poker is just a very sensitive industry in general. So it's very susceptible for any kind of AI that is, or bots that are screening because YouTube cannot hire um, enough staff to, to individually screen or monitor every single video that is being uploaded. So there needs to be some, um, technical or, yeah, or an AI solution or not an AI, but like a bot that, you know, screens videos and then depending on certain factors, whether flex a video or doesn't. So I think it was just a mistake. I, 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 I'm pretty sure in the next couple of days or maybe next week, YouTube is going to, um, yeah. Yeah. I hope I said and, and, and refrain from, from their flex or, or even bans. So I, I would say just let's, let's wait one or two weeks and then see what happens. I actually, I want to shout out Chen or Lester on Twitter who runs the, he's the head of videos for YouTube. And I did reach out today in a DM and he has gotten back to me and asking which video. So yeah, that, that, let's hope that's the case. It's just, it's sort of a scan sections of videos. They hear some terms or money or things and they just yeah, yeah. take them out. And I think that may be more the case than they're really trying to like 
you know, detriment the poker players yeah, or, yeah. or shut it down. So yeah, that's, let's hope that's the case. And have you had any video issues or none on your razor? Uh, so far we haven't had any, so let's hope that some, stays. <laughs> some strong wood. Okay, Ben. Well, I do want to, um, you're a man of your word. You're a man of integrity and timing in particular. So let's do this giveaway and get you out of here right about on time. And then, uh, let's, uh, let's do this giveaway. So I am going to copy here and then I'm gonna let you choose. Someone will win a $55 ticket um, courtesy of Party Poker and Ben CB, the podcast today. It's very nice. 55 ticket into a dream. It can it can run it up. So I will go ahead and we'll go over to the competition agency. And Ben, you tell me when to draw. You just say when. Okay, let's do it now. Right now on Ben's command, someone's got a $55 ticket. And the winner is... Someone I'm going to have trouble pronouncing, Andrei Semerkov. Sounds Russian. Unfortunately, maybe not the content Russia that they're looking for. He sounds Russian. Um, but, yeah, congrats to Andrei. And, uh, yeah, bro, thank you so much. Um, anything else to leave? The thought, uh, a, mi- a statement, end of the year, New Year's resolutions. Give me something, Ben. Leave us on a gem. What do we got? Uh, fuck New Year's resolutions. If you want to change something, changes today. Don't wait until January 1st. If you really want it, you're not going to wait until January, February. There's no time boundaries. Go for it from today on. And I think it will also make you a much stronger. Per- and I think in particular over the celebration days, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, you know, just because it's celebration days, just because everyone is taking vacations or taking time to- time off that you know, I'm just going to chill as well because very often it's like, yeah, but everyone is chilling, you know, Contrary. and very often you got to be contrarian. If everyone's betting, exactly. like you exactly. got to go out and say, man, get hungry, find that time and, and not saying neglect your family. Right. But like, yeah, get a head start. Everyone's mailing it in and get, get dialed in and come in fresh and ready. I, I think that's, you can, you can make hundred percent. Yeah, you can even on, on celebration days, you can go for a run half an hour. You can do your workout. You can, skip one you know dinner where instead of having a heavy uh, meaty meal you can have a salad or fish you can you can run a a session of simulations you know on on half an hour an hour just reviewing some hands just staying you don't need to do the hardcore studying but just throwing in some of these sessions you know just you know it's the vacation is going to be long for most people it starts december 20th 21st where they already start taking day time off and then after uh, New Year's Eve, a couple of days. So make sure to stay in shape, to not fall behind too much. Of course, it's all right to take time off and spend time with your family, high quality time, be there present with them. But a couple of days, you also want to make sure to stay in shape. It's very, very important. Not necessarily you're going to make improvement because you're going to study less, you're going to put in less work, but it's a very strong signal to your mindset, to your subconscious mind that you stay independent. You don't care about what others do. If you feel like putting in the work, you're going to put in the work regardless of whether it's a celebration day, Eastern, um, Aliens Day or whatever it is. That doesn't matter. So you just go for it and yeah. I love that. And I just do want to, as we leave, can you just explain to me, because as someone where we have a Discord community, you have a Discord community, we do content, we have videos, we've done YouTube breakdowns of hands, we've done some special stuff. Could you talk to me and and people watching what they could look for? Because you do this with some people already, and you and I are going to do this where we will have some special content where we do some uh, reviews that are specific to my community. Um, could you talk a little about how that works and, and where people would be able to find that? 
Yeah, sure. So Jeff and I, we're going to um, either next week, I'm not sure if it's going to work out in December, but then in January where Jeff and I are going to sit together, review some specific tournaments or talk about specific topics, how you can solve certain sports, try to provide you with some very in-depth, high valuable content that we're going to place or put into the tournament masterclass that only your um, subscriber or only your follower will get access to if they sign up with your code. Okay, that's beautiful. That's music to my ears. I love that. Ben, always a pleasure. Again, my first ever podcast guest one year ago, roughly, we, we came in with a mystery Ben. Now he's revealed. You guys see him on here. He's a hard worker. He's a great guy. And he is a, uh, we're very lucky to have him in poker in the community. Thank you so much for so, me. Ben, thanks for being here, bro. We'll talk soon. Happy New Year if I don't see you soon. And uh, cheers, man. Thanks for coming I, on. I wish everyone a, a happy Christmas and a strong start in 2020. So make it count, boys. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to partypoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.